Our second lesson this morning comes from Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and God brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. God led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. God said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then God said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord." So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and the skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as God commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then God said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when, you, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. This too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So last week, Lee gave a shout out to the lectionary, and now it is my turn. The revised common lectionary, that three-year cycle of scriptures that follows the church calendar, it provides four scripture lessons for every holy day every Sunday and all the special occasions, like Good Friday, for example. And in general, I like the lectionary. I find it a pretty useful tool if for no other reason than the Bible is really big, and it's nice to have at least one thing sorted out for you when you're planning a worship service. Now, don't get me wrong, there are lots of things that the lectionary misses, There are some books and plenty of texts that go completely overlooked. And there are some days that the lectionary offers me just a big old goose egg. Four texts that are uninspiring or not cohesive, and it forces me to go rogue. And then there are days like today, days that not only offer up four pieces of scripture that are beautiful, 
but also complement each other and are somehow perfectly suited for the circumstance of the day. The Spirit does indeed move. Today is the fifth Sunday of Lent. We are so close to Holy Week. Today is also our service of hope and wholeness. You may remember that we did this service during Lent last year as well. We prayed for one another. We invited folks to come forward for prayer and anointing with oil. It was both really lovely and truly moving. Clearly, things are different now. I can't invite you forward. I can't take your hands and pray with you and then smudge oil on your palm or your forehead. It would be uh, disingenuous to say that I'm not disappointed. This is not what I expected Lent or this service or really this month to look like. Like Lee said last week, who'd have guessed that we would be televangelists? But like I said, the texts that we have this morning are really good ones. Um, So let's see perhaps if there is some hope and wholeness to be found even if it doesn't look like what we expected. There is, I think, even some irony in our text for this morning. We have our friend Ezekiel, prophet of the Lord, famously standing over the valley of the dry bones. And Ezekiel, he had never meant to be there. He wasn't even supposed to be a prophet. It was his birthright to serve the people of Israel as a priest. Ezekiel was born into a family that were priests. He was raised to serve the temple, but then Babylon showed up and started exiling people out of Israel, shipping them from their homes to Babylon. And Ezekiel was in that first group of Israelites to be sent into exile. It is difficult to be a priest if you can't get to the temple. And so Ezekiel pivots. When he's 30 or so, he receives the call from God to be a prophet, to be the mouthpiece of God. He would declare God's word, speak for God. And it's a really hard job, too. Ezekiel was asked to speak truth to power and proclaim judgments in a time when Israel was quite genuinely falling apart. I am sure Ezekiel never expected to be standing over a valley of dry bones, listening to and then speaking for God. But here he is, pivoting, doing his job, and bearing witness to hope. Because that's what this vision is, really. It is grisly, and it involves more mention of sinews than I am particularly comfortable with, But it is, at its core, a vision of promise, a vision of hope. Ezekiel looks out at the bones, and God asks him if those bones can live. And to my mind, it is a simple question with a simple answer. No, dry bones cannot live. It is not possible. It should be an utterly hopeless situation. These skeletons are just that piles of bones with no life in them. Instead, Ezekiel, he turns the question back to God. 
If anyone knows if bones can be living creatures, it is the one who created them in the first place. Only you know, Lord God. And as it turns out, God does have a plan. God instructs Ezekiel to prophesy, to speak to the dry bones, to call them back together. Of course, Ezekiel obeys, and as he speaks, the dry, lifeless bones rattle back together. Bodies reform as bones and tissues and flesh reconnect. This scene, it echoes the story we find in creation in Genesis. God said, let there be light, and there was. God said, let us make mankind in our own image, and humankind is made. God literally speaks the world and everything in it into existence. God is not done here, however. Something amazing has happened, but there's more. The bodies are there, but they aren't alive yet. Prophesy to the breath, says the Lord. Command the breath to breathe upon these bodies so that they may live. Ezekiel does as he is told, and the breath, the wind, the Spirit of God comes into the bodies, again, hearkening back to creation. Just as God breathed life into the nostrils of the first human made of the dust of the earth, God's Spirit renews the dry bones. Ezekiel participates in, bears witness to, an act of new life. Ezekiel is God's mouthpiece as God makes those bones whole and living again. The text tells us Ezekiel's vision is a message of hope for the people of Israel. They are scattered and they feel empty, dry perhaps, but they are not forgotten. God literally remembers the bones, drawing pieces back together, reforming the long-since-living bodies. Dry bones rattle together as they reconnect with ligaments, muscle, and flesh covering them, remade and then filled with the Spirit of God, given new life by their covenant creator. Perhaps it is a strange thing to be talking about resurrection, new life, in the midst of Lent. Our alleluias are still buried. We are still meant to be penitent and introspective and prayerful. But I think that the text for today's lectionary, which also includes the story of Lazarus, resounds with proclamations and promises of new life. And that is to be celebrated, even if it is Lent, even if we can't be together. We are separated by physical distance, but we worship a God who is, in all ways, working to draw us back together, to give us a breath of new life. And new life is continually springing up all around us, whether we are watching for it or not. The thick yellow pollen that's coated my car for the last several days is proof enough of that. And more than that, I think now more than ever, we need to be reminded that Easter is coming. As social distancing grows, shelter-in-place orders expand, more people get sick, layoffs increase, anxiety heightened, and the end of this public health crisis seems far off. We need a glimpse of Easter, a foreshadowing of hope, a sure cause for rejoicing. 
we are likely not going to mark Holy Week or celebrate Easter in our sanctuary this year, but nothing, nothing will prevent Jesus's triumphant entry into Jerusalem and his living, breathing exit from the tomb. Nothing. And thanks be to God for that. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that we sit around in our physical isolation, praising God and waiting for all of the pieces to come back together so that everything can go back to normal. For one thing, that sounds both uh, painfully dull and not particularly honest or faithful. Yes, God is the one who did the work in the valley of the dry bones, but Ezekiel was both witness and actor in the remembering. Ezekiel teaches us that God is going to do work, and we get to be a part of that. There is this idea in Judaism that I particularly like and have particularly been thinking about over the last couple of weeks. It's called Tekun Olam, which is Hebrew for world repair. It originated in 16th century Jewish mysticism. Basically, it says that the world has been broken into pieces, and it is our job, everyone's job, to find the pieces and put them back together. Through acts of kindness and giving and serving, humankind undoes the wrong in the world, and piece by piece the world is repaired. The world is certainly in need of repair, even before this pandemic gripped the globe, places of fracture and separation and failure and despair were evident. To the point on some days when it could feel as though we were standing over a hopeless valley of lifeless bones. But I agree with those old Jewish mystics. We have the ability, the charge even, to be repairers of the breaks. Like God empowered Ezekiel to call to the breath to fill the lifeless bodies, we, filled with that same spirit, can pull broken pieces back together. Like Ezekiel before us, we bear witness to and act as agents of hope and restoration. You know, this novel slash movie that I like was the first place that I heard this idea of Takan Olam. Nora is explaining the concept to her friend, Nick, and he listens, and then he says, well, maybe we're the pieces. Maybe we're not supposed to find the pieces. Maybe we are the pieces. And that feels particularly real today. It is not easy to stand here in a room a lot less full than it usually is and declare hope in restoration, to call us to act, to pull the world back together. But you know what? I do. I see so much to fear and lament, of course, but I also see humans working together to share what we have collectively learned, and I see people working together to care for the vulnerable. Even separated, we are together. During this crisis, I have heard so many stories of actions, both big and small, moments of love and kindness that make me certain of our ability to pull the pieces of the world back together. Children making signs of encouragement and hanging them on their neighbor's windows. 
a high school student driving around his neighborhood to pick up food to take to ICM, mothers in essential jobs buying meals for their daycare workers who went above and beyond to stay open for their kids, local florists reaching out to churches to deliver flowers to people who need to be reminded that they are not alone, doctors and nurses staying at work, caring for people even if it means putting themselves at risk, With each deed of help and each deed of connection, I feel the breath of God. I feel the Spirit of God drawing bone back to bone. While we do not know when we will return to our church in person or when we will be able to embrace each other with abandon or when we will get back to work in our offices or find our grocery stores with fully stocked aisles, We can be sure that dry bones will become living, breathing human beings. The one who raised Jesus will sustain us even now. There is nothing, not one thing, that can separate us from the very real, very true, very living love given to us by God in Jesus Christ. Or as Nadia Bowles-Weber puts it, we are God's. There is no sin, no darkness, and no place that God will not come to find us in and then love us back to life. This is not the end of us, not even close. I still believe in God's will and desire and ability to make us whole now more than ever. Sisters and brothers, it is my hope that you will, each and every one of you, feel the breath of God's Spirit in your very being, and then that we can together proclaim the love and compassion of our God with every fiber of our being, in word and in deed, through every medium available to us until we start to hear rattling and deep, full breaths again. We must bear witness to the transformative power and hope of our God until there is a a rustling and all that seemed dead and gone comes back to life and our mourning is turned into dancing. In the meantime, in this in-between time, we need to point to glimpses of Easter as people all across the globe come together and not only weep and wail and mourn, but also comfort and celebrate and offer small kindnesses and share what they have for the sake of those with less. Friends, we belong to a loving, restorative God. Let us bear witness to and enact the hope given to us by our Creator. Amen.